Welcome to the Chat Marketing Podcast, your number one place to learn actionable strategies and tips that help you have more profitable conversations with your customers. This podcast is here to help you grow your business by better understanding your customers, speak to them on another level, and grasp the opportunities that lie in the chat marketing industry. And now, let's get chatting with your host, live from Melbourne, Australia, successful chat marketer and entrepreneur, Dan Pinney. Hello, folks, and welcome to episode seven of the Chat Marketing Podcast, and we have a huge episode for you today. Our guest is, well, they don't get much bigger, and he's actually probably the reason why this podcast exists. He's also the reason why over 1.8 million businesses now use ManyChat to have better conversations with their customers and has driven a whole new marketing tactic. I, of course, speak of Mike Yan, the CEO and co-founder of ManyChat. Now, if you're not familiar with ManyChat, it is the number one chat marketing platform on the planet, and I talked to Mike about how he's got ManyChat and the business there. Now, there are plenty of interviews with Mike around the web, and everyone always asks him about what's next and what they can be doing better, but to be honest, that's not 100% what this podcast is about. In fact, I barely chat to him about the future of chat marketing and get stuck into the weeds and the tactics because... I wanted to know more about him, about the story of a Russian immigrant that came to America with an idea and now leads a 120 plus strong crew of people that are adapting and approving ManyChat each and every day. One thing that stood out about him during this interview was that he does truly care about providing a solution for people like you and me, the business owners, to help us grow and help our businesses grow. He's a fascinating guy and I really hope you enjoy this interview with Mike Yan, the CEO of ManyChat. All right, Mike, welcome to the Chat Marketing Podcast. Hey, great to be here. Um, absolute pleasure to have you. Really excited to get into your background. And of course, we'll, we'll chat about ManyChat. And I, I do want to get into um, the company itself and into the space and into the tactics, etc. But before we get there, can we go back a little bit to, you know, where you started ManyChat, your background? Sure. Your, you know, you've got Russian um, heritage. Your your dad, I believe, actually was a little bit of a budding entrepreneur himself. And has yeah. that sort of rubbed off on you to to start, you know, the number one chat marketing platform on the planet? Uh, Daniel, it's, uh, you're exactly right. Uh, I think uh, my my father's influence was uh, had a big impact on uh, me uh, going into uh, business and going to becoming an entrepreneur. Um, our, our, our heritage is actually coming from uh, four different countries. So my grandfather is Chinese. He traveled from uh, he, he traveled from China to Moscow when he was uh, 17 years old, and uh, uh, he won uh, like a physics Olympiad or something like that. Uh, and basically, he went to study in a university. Uh, without speaking the language, so he spoke zero <laughs> language. Wow! <laughs> he got into university, and there he met uh, my grandmother, uh, who's coming from Armenia. So, uh, and uh, she's also was born and raised in Armenia. And I also have Moldovian roots and and Russian roots. Wow! So it's like it's a uh, it's a whole world. And I did like a twenty three and me type of thing. And uh, so found out some Italian blood there too. So yeah, really how, interesting. 
it's always interesting, isn't it, to see yeah. exactly where, um, <laughs> how far back you can go. <laughs> it's <laughs> well. true. It's true. Yeah. Um, uh, how how do you think that has impacted your entrepreneurial journey as well? I think it creates this uh, this kind of like uh, international type of view of the world where you think about like all the all the the interconnectedness right mm. like it would be impossible for somebody um just just a hundred years ago uh uh for an armenian uh woman to marry a chinese <laughs> man like mm. it would be it would be a really really out there connection even when when my grandmother and my uh, grandfather uh met it was still considered very very unusual but i think overall I'm, I'm 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 very fortunate to have been a part of this to have uh, grandparents from all over the world and uh, mm. my father and mother and uh, it just it, it i think it, it it's a it's good for perspective um I think that uh, the world needs lots of different um, setups, right? So lots of different uh, combinations uh, to move uh, the whole thing forward. Yeah, and I think. Like that. I think it also it sounds like it's giving you um, that that word perspective sort of stands out and being able to also make the most of your opportunities and and realize how grateful you can be for the opportunities that you get. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about the story about how you started to, um, or where the, the roots of many chat were sort of, um, grown in that incubator program. And it was oh, an yeah. interesting story, I believe as to how you actually got accepted into that incubator program as well. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Uh, so the incubator was, I think already, uh, it was, it was early on, but the initial start was uh half a year before that when we started to work on a telegram um uh, bot platform uh, for those listeners who don't know telegram is this messaging app uh, that is uh one of the first western messaging apps mm. to uh, open up their apis and uh, back somewhere back in july 2015 we started working on the platform for that that grew really, really fast. And, and that was actually the, the idea and the traction that got us into 500 startups. Um, we applied to white combinator. We applied to 500 startups. Again, for those of you who are like not startup tech geeks, uh, those are like, basically there is a thing called a accelerator, which is, um, uh, which is basically a program that allows anybody from the whole world to apply and to say like, Hey, I have this idea and I have this, like, I have this traction, these users, and this is what I want to build. And this is why I think it's going to be the next big thing. And, uh, uh, really smart people go through thousands of these applications, uh, for every batch and they select, uh, 50, lucky uh, uh, entrepreneurs uh, who get a little bit of funding. So about, uh, I don't know what's, what the current check sizes are. When we were going through the program, it was like $125,000. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically 
that's that's to cover your expenses for a living somewhere in the Bay Area for the four for the four which, months. Which has one of the most expensive um, property and rental prices in the world. Uh. Exactly. So basically, <laughs> like it's basically to cover your costs for the accelerator program. And once you come out of that accelerator, the end of it is basically a demo day where you pitch hundreds of investors with uh, what you've been like, what you're building and the traction that you've gotten, et cetera, et cetera. So the accelerator provides you some initial funding, mentors, network, and a demo day um, to uh, uh, to help you get started. And for us, that that program was really important uh, because it, it was. Uh, it helped us get into uh, the uh, Bay Area and get into the um, like. It, it, it was it's a it's a really great opportunity for uh, anybody around the world to um, connect with the really smart people in the startup industry and to accelerate their progress. Um, I think before that, like before, like there was an accelerator program started something like Pathfinder Startups or Y Combinator, it's um, basically you had to be an insider. You had to have had connections uh, in Silicon Valley and you had to know people to like get meetings and to get funding, et cetera. And uh, uh, when the YC started, when Pathfinder Startups started, it basically opened up the doors for uh, uh, the broader a much broader uh, uh, area, like for a much broader uh, segment of people. Mm. So, and, and out of that um, accelerator program, you obviously got the opportunity to pitch uh, the program, and then following on from there, how do you? How did yeah. you then switch from Telegram into? Um, can Facebook. you remember the time when Facebook opened up their API, and you were like? All right, this is this is a direction we need to go. So yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I remember the exact date. It was I think uh, April twelfth of two thousand sixteen, <laughs> uh, uh, when Facebook Messenger announced their um, APIs, and uh, it's a, it was an important date because we ha we had to make a decision, which is basically what is going to be the future of ManyChat? What is gonna be, are we gonna be focused on Telegram or are we gonna be going to after Facebook Messenger? Because by that point, we, ha we really had uh, already over 100,000 uh, uh, people um, on our Telegram platform. It was growing like crazy. And uh, the Facebook was just opening up. So we haven't had any product for Facebook Messenger. There was nothing we could do. It was, it, we would be basically starting from scratch, Yeah. right? So uh, we were three people at that point and uh, we had to make a decision. Uh, either we were going to continue working on Telegram and continue with that traction, or we're gonna start with a, building a new platform with a much bigger total addressable market. And after a few days of uh, discussing this, we decided to take the leap. And because again, we were three people, we couldn't work on both platforms. And yeah. uh, for a short time, we considered like building like a kind of like a platform 
platform that supports both uh, uh, apps, but it, it really quickly became obvious that it's not it's not going to be possible, like yeah. in terms of the resources that it required. And what was? So, and the... I'm really really glad we did, but it was a really scary decision at that point. Yeah. Because when you're when you're a startup, like you have to like get into that mentality where like any traction that you're getting is already a super rare event, right? It's 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 very rare to get any sort of traction. And when you're having this explosive growth on Telegram, uh, like that's that's your that's the thing, like that's what you have as a startup. Like that's the thing that like right now is gonna get you to the next thing. Yep. And uh, so that's why it was really, really hard for us to let go of that and focus on something bigger. How between the three of you, what were the discussions like of being like, all right, we've worked so hard on these bots for Telegram and now we're literally going to like move that aside and and chase this big audacious goal. Obviously it yeah. paid off, but you know, what questions did you ask and how did those discussions yeah, go um, to get to that point? So yeah, it, it was exactly like that. It was uh, me and my co-founder. We were both in San Francisco at that point. And so uh, I remember us sitting in like in a room with a whiteboard uh, in the 500 startups co-working space and having the discussion where uh, we're like debating, like, should we, should we stick with Telegram? Should we build a platform that supports both uh, and like, like putting some designs on the mm. mockups on the on the whiteboard, and discussing like what's gonna how we can do that, and, um, and then in the end, like first of all, we had to realize that we will not be able to sit on both chairs, right? Yeah. Because the laziest decision that you could do is to make no decisions. Decision. Right? We're not yeah. gonna choose Telegram. We're not gonna choose Facebook. We're gonna just uh, support both of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that relieves like FOMO in in the short term. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, great, like we're just gonna do both. What that creates is that 99% of the time that creates uh, a bad outcome in the long term because once you decide to do that, then you become a very bad platform for both of them, right? Because they have different features, they have different interfaces. And when you try to support both of them, you end up doing a bad job at both of them, right? Mm. And then best of breed solutions for Telegram and best of breed solutions for Facebook Messenger come and take your lunch, right? Uh, and basically people who are using Facebook Messenger as automation probably do not need Telegram and people who are using Telegram probably do not need Facebook Messenger. And there obviously there is an overlap. There is people who need both, mm. but those would be the people that prop like even those people like you would not get all of them as a target market so it didn't make a lot of sense to build for both platforms so we had to get rid of that option and then we had the two options of either sticking or not sticking in in the end it came down to like do we believe that we know what to build and that uh do we believe that we can build a platform that's going to be as successful as what we've built because on telegram we've built one of the biggest platforms in the world and we wanted to replicate that success on facebook messenger um and 
but we didn't have a lot of resources, right? Like mm. we were just, again, three people haven't gotten funding yet. It was a decision that we had to make mid, it was in the middle of the batch. It wasn't after 500 startups. We haven't raised any money yet, like the seed rounds or anything. We just had the, like the initial money from 500 startups and that's it. And at that point we already had to make a decision in the middle of the of the batch <laughs> before demo day like are we going to be like pivoting the company to this to to a to a, to a new uh, platform and in the end it came down to the fact that hey like we came here for like uh, it's 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 kind of like was a go big or go home type of mentality yeah like let's let's we're young enough to try and uh, 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 build something for the biggest platform in the world. And let's see if, 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 if this is something that we're going to be successful at. Yeah. And uh, we just decided to build it. And uh, it was more, it was more on the, uh, 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 the, the logic was basically that the, the, the upside is so much bigger if you become the biggest platform on Facebook Messenger, yeah, uh, then it's 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 worth the risk. Yep. So, yeah. And and from there you make that Funny decision. Enough, in oh, the end, yeah, like, by, by the way, in the end, the Telegram platform still lives on. Like it, really? it haven't died. <laughs> it continued <laughs> to grow, and uh, uh, even though we stopped developing new features for it, like it was already there were already a lot of interesting features for it to continue growing virally. Oh, there you so, go. Yeah. So it kind of just took on a, took on a life in its own. Well, as did, as did many chat in the Facebook space as well. And, yeah. and following that, when you were like, this is what we're going to do, we're going to create the biggest automation and chat marketing program for Facebook out yeah. there. How did you then, and when you were doing your presentation and conversations and you were talking about yeah. the start of the company and you showed a slide with all the screenshots of all the, the no emails from the VCs out there. How was that period? And how did you get through that to then go, well, we're just going to do it. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about the fact that like after demo day, everybody was very excited about what we were building because it was the, like the, basically the peak of the chatbot hype, right? Mm. Everybody was, Facebook was launching, Skype was launching, like everybody was launching their APIs for messaging. And yep. like every investor wanted to be a part of this wave. And so we got a lot of people excited, but then when they learned that what we were building is a marketing technology, what we were building is a way to help people generate leads in a more efficient manner to re-engage people through these new channels of communication. Um, a lot of the investors like kind of like uh, cooled off because mm. they were they were expecting like natural language processing like crazy artificial intelligence uh, technologies etc and don't get me wrong like we're we're like those things are going to be very very important but before you as a company before you get into that there are so many stories of companies building really great technologies searching for a problem to solve yeah right? And that's not how you want to build a company. You want to be building something that uh, people actually need, right? And what people need is uh, business outcomes. Uh, people need more leads. People need better conversion rates. People need higher lifetime value. 
and all of that could be delivered by using the new messaging channels. Um, but uh, a lot of the investors didn't see it that way. So, uh, and a lot of the uh, people basically thought that we we're gonna uh, there's gonna be a problem with like uh, uh, competition and that it's going to be a commodity and that there's going to be a race to the bottom etc and uh, so they they decided to pass so we basically after like 40 people saying no we decided to bootstrap and uh, to actually um, uh, start charging people money yeah. uh, instead of relying on investment and funny enough, after we just after we started charging people money, we actually were able to raise a serious uh, seed series, and uh, that allowed us to get our first uh, 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 people in terms of uh, to build a, a bigger team, and then starting going after uh, the bigger vision. And yeah. uh, a year later, we were already profitable, and a year and a half later, we already launched the Flow Builder, and that was a whole new thing and whole new era. It just seems to move so fast. Um, yeah. You know, like this story, you know, when you hear entrepreneurial stories, they're talking like decades of gradually getting to that point. But this is yeah. like, this is like three or four years ago. Like <laughs> it's like yesterday yeah. in, in the scheme of technology and the, and the growth of technology is, is like last week. So um, now you've grown many chat to um a huge company how many people are in the company um by the way now we have i, I wouldn't consider it huge like we were 120 well, people it's bigger <laughs> than it's bigger than the three guys sitting around at the uh, in the accelerator <laughs> anyway it's true. It's true. we're 120 people right now uh we plan to grow probably over 200 next year so yeah and spread all across the world as well your your remote company yeah yeah, we have, we're right now we're working remotely. We have uh, people in California. We have people back in Moscow. We have people um, around the world. And I'm fascinated to hear about how like that growth from three to 120 people, how you've managed that over the course of a few years, because it's a lot of people managing a, a program that's getting more and more users signing up every day. It's now 1.8 million people signed up to the program. How do you manage the team and the growth of the company. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, on the growth of the company, it's 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 taken us by storm, right? And I think that's uh, one of the definitions of product market fit is like when people are just beating a path to the door and like it's it's like people basically using the whole thing. We we initially the number of people who started using the platform and the growth of the number of messages being sent was just really, really like basically superseded all of our expectations. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, how do we like that, that, that? You don't really, like there's not a lot of management in that. Like you just have to build the product as fast as people uh, want to use it. Yeah. And that was the biggest challenge because people would come up to us and there were like thousands of people who would be all asking for different integrations for different features for different things and we had to really one of the big things that we had to really monitor is building uh, everything that people are asking for and really taking uh, the time to uh, figure out how to make sure that the platform is consistent that there is thought put into it and not just a bunch of features come like gobbled together and uh, 
I, I think that we did an okay job at that. I do think that there is a like there is still a lot to do in terms of making the platform streamlined and uh, helping people get started because I think that's the biggest caveat. Like that's the biggest hurdle is like how do you get started because the platform is very powerful and what you can do with this. But the downside of that power is like there is a learning curve that is pretty steep. So, um, uh, like I think that's going to be a big focus for us. But uh, that's that's on the on the product management side. It's key thing is having having a understanding of where you want to go, right? And then all prioritizing against all the feedback that you're getting. So um, for us, it was really important to understand what we want to become and how it's going to evolve. And uh, uh, this is exactly why, like last year, we launched email and SMS, right? Because we want to become the central place for customer communication. Uh, Messenger is a great way to start a conversation. Messenger is the one of the best ways for certain industries uh, to generate leads, right? To to get high quality, high conversion uh, rates and very very low cost per leads. Uh, compared to like something like a landing page that's i think that that's what a lot of a lot of the traction uh, i think and a lot of the things that people uh, uh came to mainshot for is to start those conversations and to uh, decrease uh, their costs to get more from the facebook ad budget that they're that they used to be spending on driving traffic to a landing page where like 90 percent of the people leave and nobody yeah uh, takes an action. Uh, Messenger is a much more interactive way to do that. But then going further, like how do you re-engage people? How do you make sure that they stay? Right? Uh, email and SMS are more traditional channels that are still really, really great at engaging people. But now, like in just September and literally yesterday, yesterday we yeah. announced we announced like uh, funded conference. So. Uh, back in the beginning of October, we announced our WhatsApp integration, and literally yesterday we announced our Instagram integration. So now, two of the biggest platforms, the most requested platforms that people were asking for, yeah. we're going to do integrations with, and the first people are going to get their hands on it in this quarter in Q4 before the end of the year, and they're going to be rolled out more widely um, next year. So it's it's a very uh, it's a very special year that is coming. And messaging apps are definitely the place to to connect with your customers uh, and to start the conversation and at certain points to have re-engagement. But then you also want always that uh, email connection and that phone number connection to make sure that you always have an independent access uh, to your subscribers. And that's that's exactly what we're building. So that's on the product side, like have a vision and that's how you manage the growth. On the team mm. side, in terms of managing the growth, it's it's more around making sure that the culture survives the rapid hiring. Mm -hmm. So the way you do that is basically not double your, don't add more than double the team size, not, not double, don't go over doubling your team size in a year. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Basically. Like if you are at 50 people, don't go to 300 people in a year. Right? Yeah. That's okay. going to be really, really hard to uh, uh, to basically maintain the culture when you do that. If you go from 50 people to 100 people, that's already a stretch. Like basically, you're adding 
half of the new people, like half of the people in the company are going to be people that are less than a year at the company. Yeah. Uh, and if you also add churn to that, right. So it's going to be more than half because like yeah. you're going to be replacing some of the people that were there at the start of the period. So, um, I think having a lot of communication, um, and funny chats, like things like Slack and things like zoom, uh, during COVID, uh, also helped a lot. Yeah. Um, and then having, having, um, we had to go through like, like at some points, uh, we hired people that were in the culture fit for whatever reasons, mm. either negativity or toxicity or whatever, uh, the way that they would communicate with other people. And, uh, we really had to take swift action to make sure that everybody understands that this is not how we're, we're not like, if you don't pay attention to that, then the weeds started to grow in the garden. Gets right? out so of control. Always, yeah. So you I always slow and fire fast is what they generally say, don't they? Yeah. It's, 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 you have to basically make sure that the founding team and the leadership team has a set of values. Mm-hmm. that is not only on paper, but that is getting reinforced through the actual, like through, through the actions that the company is taking. So yeah. uh, can I just ask uh, about those values actually, because I've found working in with many chat and in the chat marketing industry, it's a really fascinating community and whether or not, I'm not sure whether this has been deliberate, but noticing the people in many chat, and dealing with them, it's a very forward thinking company. They're very respectful, incredibly inclusive. There's, you know, we saw our conversations, there's some amazing females doing some, some great work in tech. Has that been deliberate or did that just kind of evolve from the people that were, you know, started the company and are at the top of the company? No, I think that's, that's just like, we don't look at it that way. Like, right. We don't have quotas or anything. Yeah. We just find talented people and, uh, uh, we don't really care like what their gender is or color of their skin or whatever else. Like it's, it's all about meritocracy and whoever can do the best job, uh, does the job. So, uh, there hasn't been some, some, it's been, I think it's been more of a, we're, we're just lucky to have these talented people. Yeah. But I think that's, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, And credit to you to be able to, to build a company that, you know, looking from the outside in definitely embodies a lot of those values as well. I know you're busy. So I want to wrap up lastly with a couple of questions that, um, that I ask all, um, guests is how much of your successes come down to hard work and how much has come down to just pure luck? That's that's a, that's a great question. I would say, I, I think it's, it's always a mixture of, both. Um, and I think the best way to think about it is when, when you're, when you're, uh, thinking about like the, like being the best at something, right. There is everybody who is going to be like in the top 10 or like a top 20, all of them are working really, really hard. Like you cannot get to that top place without working hard. But then getting to the, like, to the number one place that is like, it's like the, the number one and that's it, right? That's going to require some luck. 
So without hard work, there's, there's basically no chance. And with hard work, you're still going to need a bit of luck and sometimes a lot of luck. So <laughs> that's, 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 uh, the, the way I would put it. Now that said, I would also argue that, uh, businesses like with, with businesses, it's not like a, it's not like a, um, uh, it's not a sport where like there's one winner, right? Uh, we can talk about like main chats, like we have, I don't know, being the number one messenger marketing platform. Uh, uh, but then if you look broader, then the space, the communication space is so big, yeah. right? So for example, if you think about email marketing, right? You can, you can say, oh, like MailChimp is the winner in the category. Like, well, yes and no, right? Like on one hand, they won a specific set of customers, which is a pretty, a very big audience and they've done amazing things. On the other hand, like their companies like Active Campaign, who is like probably like uh, also a, a really successful, really big company. Mm. Uh, there are guys like Clavio who've been able to find specific customer segments that aren't addressed by uh, MailChimp. You cannot, when you're building a business, you cannot be all things to everybody. Yep. So in the end, it's, it's about finding that specific target segment and building the best platform for them. And uh, so I, I would, again, when, when we're, when, when people are asking like about this type of stuff, I would really focus on being number one. Uh, like Michael Porter likes to say, being number one is not a strategy, right? It's, uh, it's the unique aspect of the company yeah. that creates that strategic positioning. Um, so and when you're thinking about starting a company, what I think the key thing that you should be asking yourself is what is unique about my position? What is unique about my experience? What, what is unique about me that me starting this is, is the, is, is, is has the highest, higher chance of success, right? Than uh, somebody else starting this. And that's why a lot of startup companies, uh, fail when a person starts a company for the sake of starting a company. So, uh, without having domain knowledge, without, without being an expert in this space, uh, without having some, uh, advantage that, 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 that's what a lot of times happens. So uniqueness, I think should be embraced, not competition. And when, when you found that uniqueness in what you're building and, and your understanding of the future, like think about what Apple is doing, for example, right? They, they are always trying to find that, that, that edge in terms of what makes them unique compared to others. And similarly, uh, that works for others, other companies, for example, like Apple can strategically think about, oh, we are going to play into privacy because other companies like Google and Facebook, they will not be able to copy this strategy because their business model is built around data. Yeah. It's built around customer data and it's built around, uh, showing the right things to the right people at the right time. Mm. So they are taking a complete opposite approach and serving through that. And that creates this position that is, that is hard to copy, uh, given their position, right? Same yeah. thing for like 
Microsoft versus uh, OSX, right? So Microsoft going and saying like, we're gonna, we're going to license our software, creates a unique position for them. Whereas when Apple says we're not gonna license our operating system, that creates, there, there's cons because they cannot have the scale and the flexibility of the, of the actual machines, but they're pros because they can control the whole experience and building a better uh, 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 connection between soft hardware and software. Yep. Um, and so those are the things that I think uh, are really important in terms of, again, thinking about competition is it's about what is that, what is that unique position? What do you know or, or can do that other people cannot? Fascinating insight into the person that's, that's grown many chat. And that's sort of why I wanted to have this chat was to find out a little bit about you, you know, the, the people behind the company and, you know, just chatting to you today, we already knew that many chat was amazing. We're all many chat fanboys or girls out there. So thank you for starters for building an amazing company and opening up the opportunity for us to have better conversations with our customers, to be able to access them in an easier way, to be able to improve, like you said, our overall business and move the needle and yeah. I really appreciate your time today. I, I, I know that, you know, growing this company, like you mentioned, is growing at an exponential rate and it's a credit to you, your background, the type of person that you are. No doubt goes way back, like we mentioned at the start to, you know, your parents and your grandparents. And yeah, I just want to thank you so much for, for doing what you do and for being part of the podcast today. Daniel, thank you. Uh, that, that's <laughs> flattered. I appreciate all that you said. One thing that I wanted to uh, highlight is coming back to the question about how, how to think about the competition. I'm a big believer in customers over competition. So mm. I think that that's also a key aspect of it. So if you want to figure out like how to, how to become more successful, how to build a better business, how to become more successful as a uh, company, talking to customers is the uh, key is the key that's why we're we're growing the community that's why like we're having all conversations like on messenger like it's always blowing up we've tried to uh, talk to uh, main chat customers basically uh, almost every day and uh, the key thing there that that last thing that, that i have time to share is that don't talk about the solutions like it's not the customer's job to figure out the solution, right? It's, it's your job to figure out the solution. Talk about the problems that yep. your customers are having, right? So figure out because they're masters of their problem. Mm. Like they can, like they, they're not masters of solving that problem, but they are the best people and they have the most knowledge about the problem itself. And once you understand that problem as deep or even deeper than your customers in and out completely, then you can apply your creative skills, your product skills, whatever skills you have to solve that problem in a way that your customers could have never imagined. So mm. I think that's one of the, uh, again, one of the key things. And that's one of the traps that uh, even ourselves, like, right, uh, uh, we're, we're always trying to not get into the trap uh, of uh, just like, People would come to us and say like, hey, you should build this feature. And sure, maybe that feature will work for them, right? But there is like tens of thousands, to hundreds of thousands of other people who might be misunderstand the feature, or might use it in a different way, or who might 
need a completely different solution. Mm. So I think that's that's also a very important point. So yeah, um, well, you can definitely see that in the company's growth that it is customer centric, and you know, even even like little things like you mentioned in conversations, getting the the feedback uh, mini site set up where people can submit feature requests and vote up and down feature request that was turned around in a couple of days like that is testament to you know like why you do what you do and why the people that have embraced this space have seen success because they're part of this company that approaches it from a customer-centric perspective and that and that always helps us help our customers then going forward as well yep exactly yeah. Um, well, thank you so much once again um, for for the chat today. Really appreciate your time. Looking forward to seeing what's on the horizon for many chat next year. Um, Instagram and, and WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, it's going to be all about those platforms, right? You know, um, the amount of messages, and that's just going to change things. It's definitely going to change things. And Instagram, WhatsApp, and like expect improvements to our email products. Like yep. it's it's gonna the whole platform is gonna get a better uh, all around. Uh, and uh, that's that we want we want our job is to create a platform that you think about when you think about customer communication. When you think about getting new customers or talking to your existing customers, you go to main chat. Mm, that's great well you've helped a lot so far and it's definitely going to help a lot in the years to come so really appreciate what you've done and appreciate your time once again today thanks so much thanks Daniel all right I hope you enjoyed that chat with Mike look his story is an incredibly interesting one and it's a story that deserves to be told I think so I hope you don't mind me indulging a little bit into his background and how he got many chat to the company that it is now